Hello, thank you so much for joining us at this particular moment. It's by the love of God that we continue with our episode 1 about biblical Bible prophecy, the lessons from the past. God Almighty, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we come before thee this moment. We pray for thy guidance. Lord, be with us all through this session. As we study uh, Bible prophecy, guide us through. For this, we pray that you are Holy Ghost to guide us in this session. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. The lessons from the past. We started last time with saying that uh, an example is given that God had to give a warning to know or know for the coming flood. He also told Abraham and the Lord of uh, the future destruction of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah and the Moses also of the plagues of Egypt. So these events were recorded for us today as a warning and for us to learn and it was to help us understand clearly that all prophecies recorded in the Bible have made their fulfillment and will come to pass in the future. Take these verses for analysis and learning. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 6 to 12, 2 Peter chapter 2 verses 5 to 9, Hebrews chapter 4 verses 11, and we've come to realize that uh, we find God's urgent warning message to the last generation which we are living now is represented actually by the three angels' messages. The message of the three angels uh, is given by the Seventh-day Adventist Church and it goes first to the ends of the earth. And these are found in the book of Revelation, especially chapter 14, which was written by John the Revelator, who was the apostle of Jesus Christ the one Jesus Christ loved most. So, this is the last call which God is making to all people before the second coming of Jesus Christ as king and as our judge. Uh, this chapter or this segment will contain the most serious warnings of coming judgment to be found in the scripture. Number one, it says, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and the earth and the sea, and the fountains of the waters. Verses 2, uh, it says a certain message which it says, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of our fornication. Number 3, it also says that if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And they shall be tormented with the fire and the brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascended up for ever and ever. And they shall have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whatsoever or whosoever received the mark of, of his name. This is from Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 to 11. So the warning is vital, of vital importance to every creature, every person. But how can we avoid worshipping the beast or receiving this mark if we don't know who he is or what the beast and this image really is? The lack of knowledge in this section has fatal consequences. So, for instance, the book of Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Compare also with the book of Isaiah, chapter 29, verses 13 and verses 14. 
whereby the Lord says that I give somebody a book to read, he said, this is sealed, sealed. I cannot understand it. It's because it's a, a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Things are happening around us. And it's very important that we understand these things. So this warning is of vital importance to every person. However, God has promised understanding to the upright. For instance, the book of Proverbs chapter 2 verses 1 to 7, God has promised to give every person understanding who seeks knowledge and wants to understand. The book of Daniel chapter 2 verses 4, the Bible so tells us that uh, the wise shall understand these things. Daniel chapter 2 verses 4 and verses 10. It says that in the last days, only the wise shall understand. Who is wise? Is the one who seeks for knowledge. And if he finds treasures, he digs deep to obtain those treasures. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, verses, chapter 7, verse 7, and verse 8. He says, anyone who asks shall find. Anyone who knocks to know, uh, he will find. So God has promised to reveal these things to us. The book of Isaiah chapter 3, verse 11, the Bible says, As I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? Compare also with 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 to 11, and Malak chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. So what is the meaning of that beast? with uh, that unique mark. Before we discuss actually the piece itself, we must understand the historical uh, background preceding the beast. In a summary way, uh, the best place to begin is to look uh, is in the book of uh, Daniel, which did greatly with the prophecy from the 16th, 16th, from the 60th century, 6th century before Jesus Christ came down uh, up to this time of the end. So, Prophecy is a key. It happens everything and they show us what has passed, what is now happening. Something which was said to happen and it, it uh, just happens. The interpretation of the symbols used in Bible prophecy has not been left to human guesswork. Prophecy is history written in advance. Prophecy is history written in advance. Prophecy is history written in advance. The Bible itself gives us the key of understanding. For instance, see, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 to 21. For the Bible says that all these things, though you know them, I will make you to understand them. Prophecy came no of no private interpretation. But as men, many were led to speak, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. A beast in the prophecy symbolizes a king or a kingdom. This is clearly uh, taught in the book of Daniel chapter 7, verse 17. Daniel chapter 7 verses 23. So these great beasts, it says, these great beasts are four kings, and the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth. So we find that the beast represents a king or a kingdom. In Daniel chapter 7 verses 3, also it is written, and four great beasts came up from the sea. What is the sea? The book of Revelation chapter 17 verse 15, sea or water represents peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues, many people. Okay. It represents many people. You shall also compare with Isaiah chapter 8 verse 7. In chapter 7 of Daniel, the prophet sees the coming wall empires represented as beasts. A parallel description we find in Daniel chapter 2 verses 27 to 45, where individual parts of a statue are symbolizing in an accurate manner the future 
course of mankind which he would take so read carefully chapter 2 of daniel the all of it you will understand a good message okay let's see in a summary way prophecy from the book of daniel in the book of daniel symbolical images have been used and for like four images were used of a lion of a pear and of the leopard and the fourth one was known as of a fourth beast which was most dreadful and terrible so the first beast we shall look upon is the lion the bible says in the book of daniel chapter 7 verse 4 in a simple manner it says the first was like a lion as recorded in daniel chapter 7 verse 4 you can also see from the image of nebuchadnezzar and daniel chapter 2 verses 37 to 38 This refers to the Babylonian world empires which ruled from 608 uh, BC to 538 BC which reigned supreme during Daniel's time. In the, Paga, in the Pagamon Museum of Perin, you can see admire the winged lion as a historical witness of uh, that period of time. The second beast which we shall see here is of the pear. The book of Daniel chapter 7 verse 5 the Bible says and behold another beast a second leg to a pear and they raised up with seven on one side and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it and they said uh, thus unto it arise devour much flesh so this beast has uh, the same meaning as the uh, the breast and the arms of silver in Daniel chapter 2 verses 32 and this beast actually represents the power of the two empires of of media and persia who replaced the Babylonian empire in 538 and it ruled from 538 to uh, 331 bc it was a dual monarchy or double monarchy with the Medes ruling first then later the persians the two arms and the two arms and the pair raising itself up on one side emphasizes uh, this aspect of uh, the prophecy and uh, this part will be stronger uh, there is that one part which would be stronger than the other the one which raised itself was stronger the three ribs represented the nations of Babylon Lydia and Egypt Babylon Lydia and Egypt were conquered by Medo-Persia they were conquered by Medo-Persia that is Babylon Lydia and Egypt those which were conquered by Medo-Persia The third beast which we shall consider in short is the leopard. And the leopard like beast, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 7 verse 6, after this I beheld and lo another like a leopard which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads and dominion was given to it. Daniel chapter 7 verse 6. This beast also finds its counterpart in Daniel chapter 2 verses 32 and verses 39. The leopard-like beast. It was actually that of the Grecian Empire. It ruled from 331 to 168 BC, and it was ruled by Alexander the Great, who overthrew the Persians. And then, when he died, his kingdom was divided into four parts. That's the reason why it had four wings of a fowl. So, its kingdom was divided into four parts. And when he, Alexander the Great died after dying of being conquered by Alco, uh, his kingdom was divided into four parts, which was symbolized by the four heads of Macedonia, Thrace, Syria, and Egypt. We shall see the fourth beast uh, in a very fast way. 
the fourth beast uh, recorded in Daniel chapter 7 verse 7 I can paraphrase the Bible says after this I saw on the night visions and behold a fourth beast dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly and it had three iron teeth. it devoured and break in pieces and stamped the rescue with the feet of it and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it and it had ten horns so again we could find that peace beast uh, is also recorded in Daniel chapter 2 verses 33 and, and verses 40 the fourth empire that followed the Grecian empire was the Roman empire which ruled from 168 BC to 476 AD it was so very different from all the other beasts that Daniel saw in vision that he was unable to describe it uh, in any figure. The ten horns in Daniel chapter 7 verse 24, these ten horns represents the ten kings, the ten kings that shall arise out of this kingdom, which did arise. It is a historical fact that the Roman Empire fell in 476 AD, and it place ten new kingdoms came up, which are the ten Germanic tribes that made up uh, today's European states. Parallel to Daniel chapter 7 verse 7, we will find that in also the same is in Daniel chapter 2 verses 41 uh, to 42. These were symbolized by the ten thoughts which are spoken therein. These were the following tribes. Which are these tribes? The first one was known as Alemani. Alemani uh, and it is original uh, today's name is known as German. The second uh, the second tribe is known as Franks, which is France. The third one is Anglo-Saxons, as you know it is, it is Great Britain. The fourth one was Pungudians. Pungudians is in our time known as Switzerland. Number five, the tribe which came later on is uh, number five is Visigoths, which is in our modern time known as Spain. And uh, number six is known as Suevi, which in our time is also known as Portugal. Number seven is known as Lombards, in our modern times known as Italy. Okay, the last three among the ten, the last three were destroyed by Rome, by the territory, uh, by the Papa Rome, the territory on the papacy. Eruli, number eight, number nine, Vandals, number ten, Ostrogoths. Eruli, Vandals, and uh, Ostrogoths. Okay, the retro on. Let's see this uh, beast which was arising from among from the fourth beast among the ten ons, among the ten retro ons, among the ten uh, tribes which did arose. Daniel chapter 7 verse 80. The Bible says, And I considered the ons, and behold, there came up among them another retro on before whom. There were three of the first on sprague. The three first on sprague here represents the Eruri, the Vandals, and the Ostrogoths. Okay, consider the on I consider the ons, and behold, there came up among them another retro on before whom were uh, there were three of the first on sprague up by the roots. They were pracked up by the roots. So if you pract something by the roots, it will never grow again. They were pracked up by the roots. And behold, in this own were eyes like the eyes of man, and the mouth speaking great things. So various identification of marks of the ritual on has been given here. 
to identify who read the retro on is. This marks could help us understand who it is. Number one, it came up among the ten ons, that is among the ten kingdoms. And three of the original ten ons were uprooted in its rise to power. So this retro on came among the ten ons, that is among the ten kingdoms. And three of the original of the ten were uprooted in its rise to power, that is Eruri, Vandals, and Ostrogoths. So, friends, number two is recorded in Danny chapter 7, verse 24. It is reported that the territory on shall rise after the ten ons. It did arose after the ten ons. So, actually, there, there is only one power in all history that fits this description it is Rome itself. Why? In the very center of the uh, fractured empire, there arose four seven. Uh, after 476 AD, the papacy, the one-man government of the Catholic Church. So in its rise to power, three of the Gothic tribes, that is Eruri, the Eruri, the Vandals, and the Ostrogoths, were pracked up. By the decree of the East Roman Emperor Justinian, also known as Codex Justin, Justinus, in 533 AD, the Roman bishop was installed as the head of, of all Christian churches. When the last of the three Aryan tribes, that is the Ostrogoths, resisted this decree in 538 AD, they were destroyed and chased out of Rome by the imperial general Belisarius. This was also the time that the Papal Rome fully established its political power for a prophesied period. So, number three, uh, to mark this retro on to understand it, it means Danish of the Senate, verse 25. The Bible says, Daniel chapter 7 verse 25, the Bible says it shall be, and it says that he will wear out the sins of the Most High, which is also referring to the great persecution of the Christians. No reader of history will deny that this statement too is found, it is fulfillment of the papacy. The dreadful persecutions of uh, the Dark Ages, the stake, the panning of heretics, the crusades are well known and have indeed blackened the pages of history. Number four, Father states he would think to change times and laws. The papal system actually changed the law of God. That is the Ten Commandments. That is the Pope changed the Ten Commandments. That is the fourth commandment. He would think to change times and laws. It actually removed the second commandment from the Catechism, which prohibits the worship of images. It also changed the fourth commandment, which majorly deals with the keeping of the Sabbath. The only commandment dealing with the time by moving God's day of rest from the seventh day to the first day of the week, that is from Saturday to Sunday. We can also compare in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 to 4, and the Psalms chapter 94, verses 20. You will find who the Papa Cyril is. Um, he changed the time of worship. A fourth day of worship was set up instead of the original and changeable Sabbath of the seventh day. That is as recorded in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 to 11. Exodus chapter 31 to 13. Exodus chapter 31, verse 16. Exodus chapter 31, verse 17. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 12. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 2 to 7. Psalms chapter 89, verse 34. Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 1, chapter 4, verse 1 to 11. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 to 11, James chapter 2 verse 10. 
um, this is the law of liberty which he did change which was kept by Jesus Christ actually this Sabbath was kept by Jesus Christ and his apostles his apostles kept it and Jesus Christ kept it for instance you can look on Jesus keeping it in Luke chapter 4 verse 16 it says that Jesus Christ kept the Sabbath but the son of man is a man also of the Sabbath today uh, Matthew chapter 24 verse 20 speaks of the same message and Acts chapter 13 verses 42 Hebrews chapter 4 verses 10 to 11 so the first day of the week was the one which is the man of sin the papacy the pope changed it to and this was the pagan day of the sun and this is the first day of the week which he did set up which god never commanded to be kept holy the pope had warned his people okay 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 the pope had changed uh, this day of worship God had warned his people not to accept this day of worship. In Revelation chapter 14 verse 9 to 11, it says if anyone receives this mark of the beast, God shall destroy him. Revelation chapter 16 verses 2 also gives the same message of receiving the mark of the beast. Revelation chapter 19 verse 20, God also gives the warning of anybody who shall worship the, uh, the beast by keeping his mark mark of this mark of the beast Ezekiel chapter 8 verse 16 to 18 also gives the warning so another characteristics or a feature of this ritual on that is the papacy is that uh, recorded in the book of uh, Revelation chapter chapter 13 verse 5 to 6 whereby the Bible says and there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and they stop anako and them that dwell in heaven to blaspheme his name and they stop anako and them that dwell in heaven what it does blaspheme means okay compare daniel chapter 7 verses 8 daniel chapter 7 verses 25 okay daniel chapter 11 verses 36 daniel chapter 11 verses 36 second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 3 to 4 how does the bible define blasphemy so during a brought about jesus he was accused by the jews of blasphemy in the book of John chapter 10 verse 33, they said that because thou art thou, because that thou being a man, makest thyself God. So blasphemy, the first thing is to, to say that you are a God or to take the position of God. Another uh, chapter 5 verse 21, Luke chapter 5 verse 21. So whereby it says, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God? So another form of blasphemy is to think to forgive sins which only God does. So what forms of the forms of the mentioned blasphemies fit the purpose? On this earth, we are holding the uh, Roman Catholic Church, the Pope the uh, XIII uh, said that uh, on this earth we hold the place of Almighty God. That is from a cyclical uh, letter of Popleo the 13th of uh, June 20, 20th, 1894. So frequently, the Pope is called Holy Father, even in our time. Even though Jesus forbade this form of address towards any man, Matthew chapter 23, verse 9, because it is reserved exclusively for the Father in heaven, John chapter 17, verse 11. So, number six characteristics of this ritual on of the papacy is recorded in Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, Daniel chapter 12, verse 7, and Revelation chapter 12, verse 14. Even the period of the papal supremacy, 
it is the period which it took exactly. It rules from 538 to 1798, that is 12-60 years, the papal supremacy period which it took. This period of the papal supremacy is being prophesied as three and a half years in Revelation chapter 11 verses 2, in Revelation chapter 13 verses 5, as 42 months and as 1260 days in Revelation chapter 11 verses 3, and also Revelation chapter 12 verses 6. So the biblical measurement for prophesied periods as a day equaling a year principle is you can find it in Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 6, Numbers chapter 14 verse 34. And it makes it plain that in all these references, it is referring to the same period of time of 2160 actual years of purple supremacy. So one time by their understanding was meant to mean one year. So in those days, they, uh, they calculated in lunar years of 360 days per year. One lunar month consisted of 30 days. You can see the time of flood of Genesis chapter 7 verse 11, the time of flood also in Genesis chapter 7 verses 24, and this flood also you can consider in Genesis chapter 8 verses 4. Here we have 150 days, that is 5 months. Accordingly, we found that 3 and a half times, that is 3 and a half years multiplied by 12 months equals 42 months. And uh, and uh, for two months multiplied by 30 days equals 1260 days or 1260 actual years in history according to that day year principle. We found, the, we found that this prophesied time period found its actual fulfillment in the history of the papacy. The final destruction of the East Gothic Empire around 538 AD, which was the last power or on that withstood Rome is generally being understood as the beginning of the political dominating position of the papacy. When we start counting 1260 years from this period of uh, history, we arrive at the year of 1798 AD. What happened there? So exactly this year, Pope Pius the, Pope Pius the sixth was taken uh, captive under the leadership of the French general army, Pethia. So Pope Pius the sixth died in prison. So the following prediction in prophecy of Revelation chapter 13 was fulfilled. The Bible says, He that leaded into captivity shall go into captivity. As he did to the Christians, so it happened to him. So never again to this death had the papacy such clear supremacy and influence. But now the good is being healed. The power is now he is regaining power to rule worldwide. But, and the Bible says that persecution will be rekindled. A democratic constitution was established. Rome became a republic and the political power of Rome came to an end exactly 260 years, as prophecy had foretold it. In Revelation chapter 13 verse 1 to 10, the history of the papal power is briefly recorded as it arose out of the pagan Roman Empire, as it reigned for 260 years and in the end received a deadly wound. Number seven is recorded in Revelation chapter 13 verse 3, whereby the Bible says, And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was ill, and all the world wandered after the beast. Revelation chapter 13 verse 3. This shows clearly that this power still exists until the return of Jesus Christ. You can compare in Daniel chapter 7 verses 21 to 22. 
Revelation chapter 13 verse 3 says, And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his dead wound was ill. And all the world wandered after the beast. The world is now following after the papacy for help and guidance in the crisis which mankind is passing through in this time. Number eight characteristics of this retro on is that during the time of uh, the dead wound and the regaining of its power, another beast comes to view. And I beheld another beast, that is America, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And they had two horns like a lamb, and they speak as a dragon. Uh -huh. A lamb again speaks like a dragon, we shall see. And he exercises all the power of the first beast. The first beast is the papacy. He exercises all the power of the first beast before him. And he caused the earth and them which dwell therein to wash with the first beast, whose dead wound was in. Revelation chapter 13, verse 11 to 12. Which power is being described here? So let's see the symbol and its meaning. We have several symbols here and their meaning so that you can help us understand. Number one, Revelation chapter 13, verse 11, the Bible says, And it arises out of the earth. What does this mean? To arise in some new or sparsely populated land. Number two, it arises about the time. Uh, it arises about the time the sea beast is falling. Who is the sea beast? The papacy. It was arising as uh, the papacy was falling. The power of the papacy was falling in 1798 AD. Recorded in Revelation chapter 13, verse 1, Revelation chapter 13, verses 3, and Revelation 13, verses 10. So, it grows into this nation, that is the United States of America, grows into a nation about the time of Papo overthrow of 1763 to 1800 around that period so number three it had is as two lamb like horns revelation chapter 13 verse 11 the two class like principles uh give it it is strength that is civil and religious liberty civil and religious liberty it also includes republicanism and protestantism that is part of it number four it has no crowns on the horns revelation chapter 13 verse 11 it has no crowns or horns on its own no crowns on it no crowns on the horns meaning it was not a monarchy it was no, it was some form of a republic number five it exercises power equal to the first beast revelation chapter 13 verse 12 it becomes a formidable if not supreme power world power it exercises power equal to the first beast, like the Pope did, it also did. So it becomes a formidable, if not supreme, a world power. So only one power in history meets these five prophetic specifications, namely the United States of America, which united during the years of 1763 uh, uh, to 1800. We see from Revelation 13 verse 11 to 18 that it began with a humble nature, but it will grow to be a dominating world power at the time of the end, as we see it already has done. It's foretold that America will make an image to the beast that will force mankind to worship the first beast, the papacy, whose wound was ill. This image is an exact copy of what the papacy was during its 1260 year old. This described uh, Worship shows clearly that it is referring to a religious political power. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 5, Daniel chapter 3, verses 10, Daniel chapter 3, verse 14, Daniel chapter 3, verse 18, 
and Lineage chapter 3 verses 28, it is clearly taught that religious reverence of human images and the power symbols are equal to idolatry are in contradiction to the second commandments of idol worship. So Sunday worship is a sign of, of power, a sign of power authority to substitute their own laws. Uh, you can let's see we shall see Piro the Catholic authority from their own sources and see what they speak. Proverbs reveals that America will force Sunday observance, mark of the peace, by setting up an image. That is the image, it's the character. The image of God is keeping the commandments of God. But the image of the devil is fighting against the commandments of God. Jesus Christ said, In vain you do worship me, teaching men the commandments of men, traditions of men. So the image is nothing else but apostate Protestantism, an ecumenical union of churches which you would unite as if they have done uh, with the governments of the earth to enforce religious laws as fast with America. The whole world will obey the law of Sunday sacredness. sacredness. It is the pride of the papacy to think that it can change the Ten Commandments, the laws of God. It would be the deciding question of the future, a decision between life and death. Revelation chapter 13 verse 14 to 15. It's either to obey God or the commandments of man. Malak chapter 3 verse 16 to 18. Revelation chapter 16 verses 2. Please note that at this time, America will do great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. So think of the atomic bomb in 1945 over Hiroshima. The air was uh, over air was over one nine, nine of the air was over nineteen ninety one in Iraq. On the increase of false revivals of the charismatic movements which started in America. So it uh, it deceived and it deceived men them that dwell actually on the earth by the means of uh, those miracles which he had the power to do in the sight of the beast. And also compare Matthew chapter 24 verse 24 saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image of the beast. That is an image of the beast is that of the papacy spoken here which are the wound by a sword and did live. Revelation chapter 13 verse 13 to 14. The papacy claims that the change of the Sabbath to the first day of the week was our act and in the mark of our authority in the religious things. Compare that Daniel chapter 7 verse 25. So, the, pop, the Pope or the Catholic Church says in the Catholic Press of uh, Catholic Press in Sydney, 8th of uh, the month of 8th, 8th month of in 25 or 1900, the Church says the Sunday is a Catholic institution and its claim of sacredness can be defended only on the Catholic authority. In all scriptures, in all scripture from at the beginning to the end, we find not one single text which justifies the transfer of the weekly public worship service from the last to the first day of the week. We celebrate Sunday instead of Saturday because the Catholic Church had transferred the sacredness from Saturday to Sunday as the Council of Rhodesia in the year of 364 AD. The converts' catechism of Catholic doctrine from P. Uh, German, the work of the Pope Pius X on, uh, on January 25, 1910, who received the apostolic blessings, which he said we celebrate Sunday instead of Sunday because the Catholic Church had transferred the sacredness from Saturday to Sunday at the Council of Rhodesia in the year of 364 AD. 
Also, we found a statement written, uh, published Roman Catechism, page 247, after the decision of the Council of Trent by order of Pope Pius V. It says, It pleased the Church of God to transfer the celebration of uh, the Sabbath to Sunday. The 70-day Sabbath was kept by Christ and the Apostles and was celebrated by the first Christians and acknowledged as such until it was abolished by the Laodicean Church. This council first settled the question about the Lord's Day and forbade the keeping of the 70-day Sabbath under the issue of an anathema, that is, under the issue of a curse. It's a quote from William Prynne, a famous English theologian from his work, Dissertation on Lord's Day, page 32. So, another area quote we shall find is that it says, The Sabbath, the best known day of the law, was changed into the Lord's Day. This and other have not ceased because of the instructions received from Christ. Because he himself says, I have not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. But because due to the authority of the church, they have been changed. They have been given, they have been changed. It is a quote from Archbishop of Reggio, Sermon on January of 18 of 1562, Mashi uh, of Mashi, page 526. It was the old Catholic Church who transferred the rest day from Saturday to Sunday, the first day of the week. Which church does, uh, which church does the poor civilized the world pay? The Protestants acknowledge great reverence towards the Bible, and yet by celebrating the Sunday, they acknowledge the authority of the Catholic Church. The Bible says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, and the Catholic Church says, no, keep the first day of the week holy. And the entire world obey her. That is from the quote from Peter Enright. On, uh, uh, it was written in 1889, page uh, 1889, of December fifteenth, a question is asked in the, in the church. Is a question like this: Question: How can you prove that the church has the power to institute to institute holidays? Answer: By the fact that she has transferred the Sabbath to Sunday, which the Protestants approve of. An obvious contradiction in uh, contradiction is when they strictly keep Sunday and then disregard most of the other holidays, which were instituted by the same church. From uh, a pre of a Christian doctrine by H. Tupavire, Donay Correg of a, written in 1649, page 58. The celebration of a Sunday has always been a man-made arrangement. A quote from Nenda's Catholic Church, Nenda's Church History, volume 1, page 399. So, number 9, characteristics of the this Antichrist uh, body is that the celebration of Sunday has always been a man-made in arrangement. So, the little on as another characteristics. Number nine is recorded in Revelation chapter 13, verse 18. We find another sign whereby the number of the beast. Let him that has understanding uh, count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. The number of the beast is uh, the number of a man, and this number is 606. One of the official titles of the Pope is Vicarious Fili Dei, which is translated Representation of the Son of God. In reply to the question from readers, the Catholic newspaper, Our Sunday Vista of uh, 
of uh, May of, uh, of, uh, of May of May 18th, 1915 said the engraved letters on the Pope's meter or better known as the tiara are as follows Vicarious Filii Dei these designations which is by itself is blasphemy against God as it places itself above the Holy Spirit uh, the Holy Spirit whereby John chapter 16 verses 12 to 15 speaks about who is the representative of God on earth. John chapter 14 verses 26 speaks of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. So the true representative of Christ on earth is the Holy Spirit. So in this time here is the name of the beast spoken in verse 17 uh, is represented. According to the information found in verse 17 and 18 we found the number of his name 666. That is, if you add Vicarious free day in Roman numbers, you add it, the total will be 666. Okay. Since the Latin uh, certain letters have numerical values, we only need to add them up. This is the prophecy which points out the Antichrist. Compare uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 to 12, 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, 2 John chapter 7, verse chapter 7. And also Romans chapter 8 verse 3. So the Greek work for Antichrist means someone who places himself in the position of the Lord is anointed. From Antichrist, that is instead, and Creo, anointing. Anticreo, Antichrist. Creo means anointing. Okay. In other words, the Antichrist is the alleged representative of Christ. Exactly what the Pope claims to be. If the Pope will have to introduce himself in the language of the New Testament, he would have to say, I am the Antichrist. Jesus Christ is the true and only high priest in the heavenly sanctuary. And after his ascension, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord preached and not man. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1 to 2. Here, Jesus daily procures for us the way to the mercy seat of his Father through his blood. John chapter 14 verse 6, John chapter 14 verses 13 and 14, Romans chapter 8 verses 34, whom we can approach in time by prayer without the intervention of man, only by faith and trust in the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 10, Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25, Matthew chapter 6 verses 6 to 15. So the teaching of an aided mediation by man or a departed saints represents a blasphemy of the beast against God and his tabernacle of reconciliation in heaven according to Revelation chapter 13 verse 6. Thank you. In our next episode, join us to understand what is the mark of the peace. The peace with you. This is Adventist Angels watching on the radio. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ speak with you. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. My name is Evangelist King Osiemo from Adventist Angels watching on the radio. On Facebook, on Twitter, God bless you. Stay tuned. Share.